Hey everybody, this is P. Norman Grant with another Grapefruit Agenda, where we summarize, analyze, and criticize what passes for news these days in Florida and around the country and wherever the sun shines. We're sweet on conservatism and sour on liberalism. So in as much time as it takes you to visit your nearest voter dropbox, we'll throw in a few facts and a lot of opinion about what's going on in your world. Today's episode, Right Supremacy. Slim Jim, do they say that right? Right. You, you did. <laughs> you said it right. <laughs> right. I said it right. Supremacy. Just uh, feel your irony verbs today. Your irony nerves. That's what you need to feel today, grapefruiters, because it's going to be ironic. Ironic that the right is getting pounded because we have an 18-year-old punk in New York, drove a couple hundred miles to go kill some people. But it seems like the left is blowing this up so to make you, make you, grapefruiters, most of you, people look like you are part of the white supremacist movement. We're still trying to find out what movement this guy belonged to because he seems like he was modeling himself after a guy from New Zealand. That's a one-timer in New Zealand, killed a, a bunch of Muslim people in New Zealand in a mosque and connected to nobody, including the maybe the Pittsburgh massacre. The guy killed all these Jewish people in a synagogue Connected to nobody. And then we have the El Paso killing. We got the Santa Barbara killing. We got all kinds of killing. We got the, the Fort Hood killing. These people were connected to nobody. So how is this a movement? We're trying to figure out how this is a movement. But wait a minute. The New York Times is ready to tell us. The editorial board, they're not even assigning a single name. It's the editorial board of the New York Times. This is the paper of record people from the United States of America. Headline. The Buffalo shooting was not a random act of violence. We got that? So it must be connected. Here they are doing the service of connecting this 18-year-old dope who just wanted to kill people. We're going to connect a random act of violence with you, Republicans and Republican politicians, including some of the party's top leaders. They openly espouse versions of a white supremacist conspiracy theory, holding that an orchestrated effort is underway to displace white Americans. A recently published poll found that almost half of Republicans believe that immigrants are being brought to the United States as part of such an effort. On Saturday, a gunman who said he was motivated by a version of this replacement theory killed 10 people at a Buffalo grocery store, officials said. Now, who are the officials who said that he was motivated by this replacement theory? Because I've been looking at this manifesto for the last few days, and I just don't see it. I mean, you can stumble around it and summarize it and infer, but I don't see the delineation. A gunman said he was motivated by a version of this replacement theory. What version would that be? Maybe it's the one from the guy in Oslo, Norway. This is about 20 years ago at a summer camp. He killed a whole bunch of people because I guess he thought there were too many immigrants at the summer camp. So you have to go back there. You have to go to New Zealand and then you have to go a couple of other places in the last 40 years to find not random acts of violence, but connections to replacement theory and white supremacy and other conspiracies. And they're talking about my president, Mr. Trump, who's filled with conspiracy theories. This ain't a conspiracy theory, people. So did he mention replacement theory in his manifesto? Not a word. No, I'm not sure he mentioned white, the color white. Mentioned a lot of hate. There's a lot of hate in there. As a matter of fact, I have some of what he wrote. This is from the New York Post. These are the people who are right 
supremacists because they're mostly right. New York Post is mostly right. And I'm going to read you some Washington Post probably. There are some of the people who are mostly wrong. So we have right versus wrong. It says media accusations that the Buffalo Barbarian, uh, <laughs> who got paid to do that one? This is in quotes. The Buffalo Barbarian, Peyton Gendron, who shot 13 people Saturday, is some sort of Tucker Carlson acolyte that would be baffling if not so, quote, transparently malicious, fumes the Washington Examiner's Tiana Lowe. These are the good people. His 180-page manifesto, that means Gendron's, doesn't mention Carlson once. Instead, it denounces Fox. Fox hosts as Jewish and Rupert Murdoch, who owns post-parent company News Corp, as a Christian Zionist. Are you swallowing this, grapefruiters? And conservative Ben Shapiro as the rat phenotype of, and they go on. So he declares himself an ethno-nationalist, eco-fascist, national socialist who loathes conservatism. Have you got all that, grapefruiters? Let me say it again. This is what the poor boy said. He declares himself an ethno-nationalist, eco-fascist, national socialist. Okay? New York Times, did you... Did you copy any of that down? The shooter wasn't radicalized by Fox or Shapiro. He was enraptured by the dregs of the Internet during the COVID lockdown, a poison that proved as addictive as any opioid and for the victims, far more dangerous. So President Biden had to chime in. He goes to Buffalo, New York, to commiserate with the people who are the victims. And we begin wondering, uh, he chose to go to Buffalo, but he didn't go to Waukesha, Wisconsin. Do we know where Waukesha, Wisconsin is? Slim Jim, do you remember the terror that happened in November? Was it November of 21 in Waukesha, Wisconsin? Do you, do you remember that? Actually, I had forgotten about it, but I did find this headline from Newsweek. And it says, Joe Biden to meet Buffalo victims' families after not going to Waukesha. Oh, well, why wouldn't he go to Waukesha? You got me. Six well, <laughs> people were killed and 62 people were injured. 62 injured, six dead, and Joe decides to go to Buffalo. Why? He's got an agenda, people, and we know what that is. Let me read some of this. This is from USA Today. This snuck into our T.C. Palm papers here, our Treasure Coast newspapers. I don't know how this USA Today piece got in there, but here it is. A picture of Joe being stood up by his wife, Jill. Got her hands all over him. Don't fall down, Joe right in front of the Topps grocery store. President Joe Biden said, quote, white supremacy, white supremacy is a poison and vowed hate will not prevail during a trip Tuesday to Buffalo, New York, where he grieved with family members of 10 victims killed Saturday in a racially motivated mass shooting at a supermarket. Grapefruiters, I'm not arguing with the fact that this is a racially motivated shooting, but here's what follows that's really the bug. So what happened here is simple, straightforward terrorism, Biden said. Now, pause and let that sink in, grave readers. It's so simple, it's just straightforward terrorism. Now, do we know what straightforward terrorism is? He says it was domestic terrorism inflicted in the service of hate and a vicious thirst for power that defines one group of people being inherently inferior. I think that's what he's defining white supremacy as. Domestic terrorism inflicted in the service of hate and a vicious thirst for power. Do you think this 18-year-old kid wanted to become governor or something? How, what is his thirst for power? How do you define that, Joe? His thirst for power. So it says Biden again confronts racism, a defining issue of his presidency. Now, grapefruiters, I'm not sure if we go out there with the racism detectors 
Where is our racism radar? Do we have it on us? Some people do. Some people make it up. I think Joe's making it up. I think some people are making it up so that Joe could make it up. The shooting suspect, 18-year-old dope. That's my word, grapefruiters. Dope, Peyton Gendron, who was also, um, he was investigated in school. He threatened to blow up his, or shoot his classmates in the school in New York. So this wasn't his first uh, rodeo. The trip to Buffalo brought Biden back to again confronting the type of racist extremism that motivated him to run for president in 2020. Let me say that again, may I? The type of racist extremism that motivated Joe Biden to run for president in 2020. Do you believe that, Grapefruiters? No. I mean, this is why he ran for president. Biden has pointed to violent 2017 white supremacist rallies in Charlottesville, Virginia, as a defining moment that compelled him to seek the presidency. Oh, you mean when the 25 people were marching down the street? All right. And uh, Donald Trump said uh, there are people with, with good virtue on both sides, both sides of the issue. The issue meaning tearing down the statues, which previously was the source of the torchlight meeting the night before on the campus of UVA, Virginia. And so the next day when they all gathered... The, the the media was hungry. They had their fangs out, waiting for Trump to denounce. You must condemn them. You can't say there's good people on both sides of the statue issue, but then they implied that it was both sides of the street. The racists carrying the signs and the anti-racist racists just watching the people with this. Oh, they weren't just watching. As a matter of fact, they jumped on them. There was conflict. We didn't see much of that. In the video on CNN, though. So Biden continues, white supremacy is a poison, Biden said. It's a poison running through our body politic and has been allowed to fester and grow right in front of our eyes. No more. I mean, no more. We need to say as clearly and forcefully as we can that the ideology of white supremacy has no place as American. Now, I'm doing a little fact checking because I'm looking at the poison in the paper. The poison's in the paper. You know, the check is in the mail and uh, the hate is in your veins. No, it's the poison running through our papers, folks. Look at this. It says, Biden said those who fail to call out the white supremacy are complicit as well. Silence is complicity. We cannot remain silent. I'm looking at this word fester. Have you ever had anything fester, Slim Jim? Actually, I have not. Let's not go into it if you do. <laughs> if there were some festering going on, we don't want to know about the festering. So I'm looking at the word festering. It's something that's bubbling underneath the, um, I guess, a blister somewhere, right? So it's hard to see. It's hard to see this festering, Joe. I'm not sure what you mean by it's been festering right in front of our eyes. Where is it festering? Where is the FBI uncovering the festering? See, I think we need some doctors, we need some doctors to uncover this festering, maybe to lance the boil. Maybe we can get maybe a couple of doctors. Maybe Dr. Phil. Maybe Dr. Phil. Maybe Dr. Oz. Good boil. Lance the boil. Dr. Fauci. Or maybe more, Dr. Mori Povich. Yeah, yeah, Dr. Mori Povich could lance that boil. So I'm looking at the festering. And looking at from USA Today. USA Today, this is a couple of years ago, but this is before the democratic takeover of our cities and the bailless acts of um, violence without bail, without jail time. So the people just bounce off. They bounce off the walls of the, the front counter of the police stations and they're back on the street. So here's the claim. There are significant race-based disparities in civilian homicide rates, but not in police homicide rates. But here's what the facts are from USA Today. Fact checker. 
here's a viral meme. It uh, purports completely different what might be surmised as the festering, the festering of white supremacy. It is easy to calculate according to, this is the, the facts on justice statistics, the Bureau of Justice Statistics National Crime Victimization Survey. Okay, and they're saying it is easy to calculate how often criminals of each race attack each other. And this information is included in the pie charts. I'm looking at the pie charts right here. When whites committed violent crimes, they chose white victims nearly 90% of the time. And blacks only 2.36% of the time. Is that festering, Joe? However, violent criminals of every other race chose whites as victims more often than people of any other race, including their own. Violent black and Hispanic criminals choose whites almost half the time, and Asians choose white victims 62% of the time. Where's the follow-up on the Chinese guy? Was that in California? They got him for five five killings, and he killed about five people? Something like that, yeah. That's that, that's that Asian hate. That's that Asian supremacy. You get me? Grapefruiters. So here's the race of the victims pie chart, right? It says race of the victims attacked by whites 2000, ah, 2018. This is when we had civilization. And it says source Bureau of Justice Statistics, okay? So the race of the victims attacked by whites. Blacks attacked by whites, 2.4%. That's festering, Joe. How about the race victims attacked by blacks? Whites, 49.5%. That's blacks attacking whites, Joe. I don't see the festering, okay? The race of victims have attacked by Hispanics. They got all the numbers here, folks. All the numbers. And yet, Joe says that it's festering. So as we go through, we go through the New York Times, uh, we look at their take, their take on it. Republican politicians, including some of the party's top leaders, espouse white supremacy. I just don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. On Saturday, they go through the whole list of what uh, Gendron did. But they're talking about um, black worshipers at the Charleston Church in South Carolina. That was, uh, what was his dopey name? Ah, one guy, unattached to nobody. Matter of fact, um, I remember the New York Times reporting on his going to Charleston, South Carolina. He was trying to get hold of KKK members in Charleston and all of South Carolina, and he couldn't find any <laughs> to help him out shooting the black people in the church. Uh, it didn't seem like festering to them. So that was 2015. Pittsburgh Synagogue, 11 Jewish worshippers shot. Uh, 51 Muslims in New Zealand and 2019 people in El Paso. So the replacement theory that they're talking about, what they are putting on this 18-year-old dope, is what's concerning people like Charles Blow of the New York Times and the people who opine. Uh, Nicole Wallace, Rachel Maddow. They're jumping on this. Like, this is, their, this is a birthday for them. This is a, such a great story. They're getting all sweaty. The replacement theory then applied to Gendon, who may have mentioned something like this in his manifesto. But the replacement theory is an attack on democracy. It's, it privileges the purported interests of some Americans over those of others. Now, they're making this up. Folks, just follow me. This is the New York Times. And they're inserting a thing called a replacement theory that they're making up. And they're accusing... Republican politicians espousing white supremacy conspiracy theories, okay? So the replacement, replacement theory is an attack on democracy. Okay. Asserting, in effect, that the will of the people means the will of the white people. In effect, here's the qualifying words. Essentially, basically, in effect, as they purport, okay, is purported. Purported means mm, somewhat. Like if you hit the bullseye, it hits a target, you don't have to hit the bullseye. 
just get the, get the outer layer and you have the outer layer, the, the outer ring. You've been playing any darts lately? Can no, you help I, me? You can't help me out with this, Jim. If you hit the darn bulls, if you hit the the target, you're sort of near what they're talking about. It purports, essentially, asserting in effect that the will of the people means the will of white people. It rekindles fears and resentments among white Americans that cynical practitioners of American politics have stoked throughout the nation's history. It also provides a disturbing rationalization for people inclined to resort to violence when the political process does not deliver what they want or protect what they see as their place in society. Now, who, who made that up? I'm looking at the New York Times. The New York Times is saying this is what this is. And they're going to, they're going to transfer it. They're going to project onto Republican politicians who are saying, well, what did I say? <laughs> you say what? <laughs> so the New York Times, people, is making stuff up. It's unbelievable. All right, the focus on the gunman's motives should not obscure the fact, this is the New York Times again, that the most important step the government can take to impede similar taxes to limit the availability of guns. Now, wait a minute. I thought we were talking about racial white supremacy. Now, how can you eliminate the white supremacy? Because you've got to do a, a constitutional amendment to get rid of the guns. So the health of the American democracy requires the construction, constructive use of free speech, especially by nation's political leaders. True. And I think without barbs from you all, I'm in the South, so I can say y'all, without barbs from y'all. There are always demagogues whose stock and trade is the demonization of immigrants and other minority groups in American society has long allowed those on the fringes to air their views. And it seems like New York Times, you were airing your views on the fringe. It's telling that House Republicans last year installed Miss Stefanik. This is the woman from Staten Island. Um, she made some statements about uh, people taking over the Democratic Party. That's what she said. Installed Miss Stefanik in leadership to replace Representative Liz Cheney of Wyoming, who remains among the most forthright critics of the party's illiberal turn. That means the Republicans. Illiberal. Let me spell it for you. Grapefruiters. I love this word. Illiberal. I-L-L-I-B-E-R-A-L. The illiberal. I call them illiberal liberals. Illiberal. Who remains among the most forthright. Really? Miss Cheney. Liz Cheney was one of the, of the most forthright. I wonder why. Miss, Maney, Miss Cheney tweeted on Monday, the House GOP leadership has enabled white nationalism, white supremacy, and anti-Semitism. Really? History has taught us that what begins with words ends in far worse. Leaders must renounce and reject these views and those who hold them. That's us, people, according to Liz and her new boss, the New York Times. They must denounce. I recall, I recall them asking, no, 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 demanding Donald Trump to denounce. Denounce white sep uh, supremacy. He said, what? What, is, what? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? We've had the FBI in this for years. Where's Mr. Ray? Where's Brennan and Clapper and the CIA and NHI and, and all the alphabet soups that are going to find these people? They couldn't get the guys in Michigan who said they were going to, they were going to kill the, the Michigan governor. They let them free. They couldn't find it. If you couldn't put white supremacy on those dudes, how are you going to get the right supremacists? Let me say it again. The right supremacists. So they couldn't, they couldn't, they couldn't dwell. If people, if people didn't have guns, and people hated so much as I'm reading about these papers that these people are, are the ones who are dividing. This is the hate, folks. These newspapers are the hate. They're the ones that are saying these white supremacists, well, they just want to go out and kill people. So if they take their guns away, then they wouldn't have anything to kill people with. Well, 
How many people were pushed into the subways in New York? How many people are stabbed with kitchen knives? Take the trains away. I mean, if they just take the trains away, Slim Jim says. <laughs> I mean, those white supremacists, well, they would go out there with their barbecue tools, and they would just start killing people, right? We must denounce them, grapefruiters. No, what we must denounce is the left supremacist, the lefty newspaper media supremacist. Joe's statement at the end was very telling. Maybe I wouldn't tell you. Oh, maybe we should erase that, Jim. No, 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 wait a minute. No, we're going to keep leave it in there. What is the source of this following quote? And who said this? Can you remember? Grapefruiters, this is the quiz. Sometimes we ask you to remember stuff. Remember this. In quotes, I call on all Americans to reject the lie, and I condemn those who spread the lie for power, political gain, and for profit. Who said those words? We've now seen too many times the deadly destructive violence, this ideology. Now I think we get it who unleashes this deadly ideology. Let me say it again, great producers. I call on all Americans to reject the lie, and I condemn those who spread the lie for power, political gain, and for profit. That was Joe Biden, people. That was Joe Biden. So today's episode, the right supremacy and the antidote to the left inferiority is the right supremacy. We are right. They are wrong. And as somebody says on the internet, that's the story, and you can't make this stuff up. People, this is the Grapefruit Agenda, and you can squeeze an episode in whenever you can. This is P. Norman Grant and Slim Jim. You have a good Grapefruit Day.